podcast alert uh, outside of New York City. Decided to give you a little extra podcast love. And here we go. Um, how do you think you'd fare in a zombie? <laughs> Sorry. All right, go ahead. How do you think you'd fare in a zombie apocalypse? What would be your strategy for survival? I am pretty convinced in a zombie apocalypse that I would do poorly. I think that uh, I think that I, uh, I I have a funny feeling I would do poorly. I, I think that I would overvalue a little bit of brawn, and I would team up with somebody who's like good at shooting or or killing the zombies. And I have a feeling that uh, I'm not a good co-pilot. I need to be the guy, and I would struggle with that and make a misstep and die early on in the game. Still try to sell things? Would you still be selling things even in a zombie apocalypse? I would try to sell the zombie that would be ending my life on the fact of not ending my life. <laughs> like, zombie, listen to me. I got a concept. I can help you way more than you think. <laughs> a lot of these people listen to me. I can like lure them all in. Imagine eating 97 humans instead of just, look at me, I've thinned out. There's no fat on this. <laughs> on this episode, we hang out in New York City and I keep it tight Chuck, and this is episode 127 of the Ask Gary V Show. Beautiful day here in New York City, kind of a little muggy, humid. India, like you like it? Uh, uh, really excited about doing the show. Got to shoot out to Oklahoma City to uh, to go give a speech and do some consulting for a client of mine. Uh, I know everybody who lives in Oklahoma City is gonna be like, "Hey, Gary, no, I'm flying in. I'm flying out. I'm sorry, but hopefully, I'll see you in the streets." little high five action. We are in the streets of New York City, the rugged Upper East Side, uh, and uh, I'm excited, India. So India, let's get into the, sh the show. Good job, not bad. A little false start, but you got in there. Good job. All right, let's do it. Josh asks, what is the number one thing that keeps good leaders from becoming great? The number one thing that keeps good leaders from becoming great, uh, good, very good question, maybe a great question uh, from Josh. Uh, I think there's a couple things. Uh, I think money. I think, I think money is a funny way to uh, hampen a leader. Uh, they're driven by that. Uh, I think that uh, emotional skill sets, uh, it, you know, to be great at something, you have to over-index. You just have to. You have to be able to be great at it. I mean, you could be a good basketball player, you could be a great basketball player, and a lot of that has to do with DNA. And so I think a lot of natural leadership skills, you know, for me, uh, the reason I aspire to be a great leader is I truly focus on one variable, and I want everybody to hear this, and it's a very sneaky pillar of my life success, which is when I think about you, India, or you, DRock, or anybody that, uh, that I jam with in my world, startups, companies that I'm, when I go to Oklahoma City, the client, I'm trying to provide 51% of the value. I really believe that, and, and not because I'm this great human being, because I think it's leverage. I think that if DRock feels that I'm slightly providing more value to him than he's providing to me, financially, 
upside in the future, mentorship, whatever it may be, that that's going to make me a great leader. A, it's how he feels about me, and B, it's going to focus me on always trying to one-up the next person. And when you're a leader, one-upping comes in many forms. I'm gonna continue to show you angles that you haven't seen about yourself. Right? Uh, I'm going to continue to challenge you, financially compensate you, give you opportunities, bring you to things, one-upping, trying to provide more value to the other person. And, and I think that, uh, I think a lot of great leaders are, uh, a lot of good leaders are 80-20 for themselves. I think extremely good leaders are 50-50. I, I think great leaders start to go to the 51-49 direction. Cindy asks, what are your thoughts about the subscription box business model? Trend, change in behavior, sustainable long term? Cindy, I think, uh, I think it's a great question. I'm, a, I'm very bullish on it. I mean, I don't know if you know that you're talking to the person that wrote one of the first two checks into Birchbox. Uh, angel investor in Barkbox. In my own fund, Vayner RSC, we incubated only three companies, Brave, an incredible company, uh, Resi, an incredible company, and our third incredible company is Faithbox. Uh, I really believe in it. I don't know if it's a change in behavior. Remember there was like the, you guys are young, old timers, remember there was like a Columbia House music subscription thing? Like, subscription models have existed forever. Uh, what's that, that pair company? David and Harry, and Harry and David's like, like, you know, basket of the month, like wine of the month clubs I came from, it's not a change. Uh, I think that it's always been something that we as consumers want, which is I'll pay one time, just have it show up. I actually think there's way more upside in it. I don't, I think that there's way more to go and I think the brands a la BarkBox that get into the lifestyle business, into the media business, have a real play and so I'm very bullish on it. I do not think it's a fad. It's clearly not a fad because of the month clubs have existed for a long, long time. Shan asks, what is the best way a college student can make supplementary income? That's a tough question. I don't love this question, to be honest with you. Uh, I, uh, I think that there's 17,000 ways to make supplementary income. You can babysit. You can collect cans on the street and return it for deposits. You can go garage sailing and flip it. You can go to all the freelance sites in the world and, and do your thing if you can design or video. Uh, you can become an Uber driver. You can mow fucking lawns. Um, like, like what kind of question is that, India? I, I think the answer to that question is the way you make supplemental income is to put in work. school too but I mean like that that question stinks it does stink. it's a stinky question and I'm not I'm sorry I know you watch the show I love you I love you I'm a, this is straight tough love like it's a mentality thing not a tactical thing there's eight billion ways to make money we're in goddamn America 99 or if you're not 98% of the countries in the world you can make money like go work at McDonald's Champagne Club? Perth Champagne Club. Oh, that's interesting. I wore like a champagne kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Um, what are goals? Perth Champagne Club asks, what are your goals for VaynerMedia? Is there an end game? There is an end game. I want to build the greatest marketing company of all time. Right? And, uh, 
Uh, I want to build the greatest marketing company of all time that is an evergreen business for me that I can deploy all my future activities around, AKA, when I own the New York Jets, VaynerMedia will be the marketing company that redesigns the logo, that does the marketing plan to take more of the New York market share from the Giants back to the Jets uh, to sell tickets uh, while everybody's living in a virtual reality world and feel like they're playing it. Why would they go to the stadium? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I want to build it. And it was one of the great, I think it will end up being one of the great pillars of my business career, the decision four years ago, really six years ago, but really four years ago, to build an agency that scales my skill set, to build infrastructure around me, to then enhance all my future. Take one step backwards, because that's what VaynerMedia was. To build a client service business that was taking away from all my other behavior. One step backwards for two steps forward, DRock, you're too slow. (laughs) No Fun Press asks, what are the daily decisions you've stopped making or put on autopilot in order to maximize your brain power for the day? That's a great question. Thank you, India, and no fun press. Uh, I'm gonna blow your faces off. Almost all of them. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Almost all of them. And what I mean by that is I fundamentally believe that I recognize, for me, that 99% of things don't matter. I mean, you guys roll with me. How many, you know, you know, right? Like, yeah. what, I don't care, uh, fine. Like, like, think about the lack of micromanaging I do, the lack of like, like being weird of like this, that like, like, you know, like literally the only micromanaging I ever did was like when I would make Zach like, you know, Photoshop out my double chin during the fat years. I mean, like, you know, like, I really, really, really um, believe that most things don't matter. And so what I do is I you know, put people in positions to succeed. I recognize, look, I do, I do believe that most people that do things for me or with me, especially if they're tasks that I can do, don't do them as well as I do. I'm like every other person with ego and skills and all that. The problem is I recognize I can't do them all. You know, uh, it's about how you look at them. D-Rock and I had an interesting conversation the other day on a different subject, but it was like, you can look at this or you can look at this, right? And that's how I look at it. I could do all these 29 things at an 11, or I can outsource that and let all of them be eights and sevens and sixes and fives, because they don't mean that much. And I could focus on whatever's left for me and do it at a 37 and so or an 11, just to make the analogy proper. So I think most things don't matter. I go with my intuition to focus on what I should be doing. Uh, that's it. That's it. I, I've been able to level up in my career by leaving my ego at the door and recognizing that other people could, could do it better. And if they don't do it better, that their eight is as good as my 11 because the end result of the marketplace judging is an eight and 11 is the same goddamn thing and my time and energy can be deployed against something bigger. While optically, back to the prior question, we'll focus on something like VaynerMedia where holistically people thought a waste of my time, I knew what my 25 year, 40 year strategy was. And so that's a scoop, India. Another good day here in, uh, in the streets. Good to see the core team in place. Me, India, and DRock. All those other characters. They can come and go. Question of the day. 
What is your favorite thing about New York City? You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them.